0: Why don't we take a minute and pray before we jump into our subject this morning. Heavenly Father, we look to you today. You are an amazing God, a wonderful savior. You're a friend who sticks closer than a brother, a refuge and stronghold for us, the one to whom we can continually turn. And we're grateful. We're so glad that we know you. We're so glad for your son, Jesus, who made it possible for us to have eternal life through his death and resurrection on our behalf. And we ask you lord today as we look at your word that you speak to us through our time together do a work within our hearts we want to be ones who are changed as a result of what your word says we pray in jesus name amen a few years ago my wife and i went to a conference in new york city we were on our way there we were uh, just north of hagerstown maryland on i think I 81 when we noticed that the sky looked particularly dark. Uh, it It was obvious to my wife and I that we were driving right into some storm with the big billowy clouds. It was just really, really dark, and it's exactly where we were headed. And so we were getting just a little bit concerned. And then as we continued to drive, I noticed something else about the sky, and that is that the color was green. Now, those of you that have seen tornadoes before, you know that green is kind of a tornado color. And my wife was driving at the time, and so I said to her, you know, that is, that's the color that the sky usually is when there's gonna be a tornado. And shortly after I said that, we passed a sign, one of the Department of Highways signs, blinking signs, that said, tornado warning, take cover immediately. Of course, we continued driving. So was everybody else? Suddenly, my wife's phone went off. The alarm on her phone, it went from the National Weather Service, this is a tornado warning. A tornado warning means a tornado has been spotted or is imminent, take cover immediately. Now, for some reason, my wife wanted to take cover immediately. Just couldn't, couldn't figure it out. She thought, maybe we, should, maybe we should listen to the warning. By now, my phone started going off as well, and it's like, yeah, but you know, nobody else is pulling over. I think we can do this. I looked at my phone and realized if we could go about, if we could make it 30 more minutes, just 30 more minutes, we'd be heading 78 north and we'll be heading away from it. And so we, we continued to go, but things got really dark. And, and then my wife said, you know, if there were a tornado, we wouldn't be able to see it, it was so dark. And um, I said, yeah, but I mean, if you see a car lifting off the ground and spinning, then we'll know. I was kind of serious, you know? It's like, I mean, no, she, she wasn't begging me to stop. Don't, it's not like I was ignoring her. She, I don't think she wanted to stop either, but she was certainly more inclined, I think, than I was. And it was just, just kind of getting worse. And then all of a sudden, a blinding rain hit us with this wind, it was just horrible. And at that point, I thought, we should probably stop if it starts hailing. That was gonna be, be it, if it starts hailing. I told her that, if it starts hailing, you know. At one point, I even said, honey, if you want me to drive, I will. She, she wisely responded, it doesn't matter who's driving if there's a tornado. <laughs> you know, you're, you're just going up. We kept going. It was, it was scary. I don't doubt that there was one nearby somewhere Uh, We made it to our destination. We made it to I-78. By then, of course, the tornado warning had caught up with us, but we were still kind of heading away from it, and the further we went, the better things got, and we made it to our destination. Uh, today we're going to begin a new series that's titled Balance, and it's, this is a series really a, about uh, getting balance in our lives, and in some ways I feel like this storm is a, a metaphor of what life is like for us these days, because I just think for many of us, it's just crazy. Our schedules the hectic pace that we're going at, the things that we're trying to do, the sheer number of things that call for our attention, the number of storms we find ourselves in. And many times what we say is, let's just keep plowing forward. Let's just hold on a little bit longer. Let's see if we can make it to the other side. And we just keep going. And we don't realize how it's hurting our lives stuff is coming at us from all directions it's impacting our personal lives it's impacting our relationship with god it's impacting our relationships with other people but we go we go and we go and the demands that are being made upon us are just excessive every time i think of this subject i'm reminded of a foreign exchange student that came to the united states and And she went to the grocery for the first time and she stood at a cereal aisle and began to cry. And I said, why are you crying? And she said, all the choices, I can't make up my mind. All she wanted was a box of cereal. She didn't need 50 different kinds. It was just so overwhelming and that's that's the world in which we find ourselves. And the world continues spinning on and on. Well, today i want to visit a subject that i've talked on a couple times before in the past something that i hope would maybe get our attention to be thinking seriously about it and that is the subject of starting to incorporate in our week a sabbath day setting aside one 24-hour day in which we are going to do the things that enrich our soul and bring joy to our hearts and bring refreshment and give us back the balance that we need where we can kind of recuperate that, that spiritual equilibrium that we need so much in our lives. And I think this is part of the reason that God initially instituted a Sabbath day. Now, I want to mention right off the bat that I don't believe personally that we are under the Old Testament law and that we're required to keep a Sabbath day. That might surprise some of you, but I think that keeping the Sabbath day holy is part of the Old Testament law. There are other things that are part of the Old Testament law. For example, we don't sacrifice animals anymore. There are certain foods that we can eat, like lobster and bacon and things like that because we're not under the Old Testament law. And in addition to that, even though keeping the Sabbath day holy is one of the Ten Commandments, it's the only one that's not repeated in the New Testament as a command that we have to follow. All the others are. Don't lie, don't steal, don't commit adultery. All all those other Ten Commandments are all found elsewhere in the New Testament. Paul wrote about it, or John, or others. But the Sabbath day is the one that's not there, and yet, I want to encourage us today to consider taking one. Because let me ask you how often do you stop and reflect and wonder and hear? How often do you evaluate your life and your circumstances and and connect with God maybe in an unhurried way. How often do you get a chance where you're just able to be built up in yourself without going and going and going on this treadmill of life? The the treadmill, of course, keeps going. You know, and the storm keeps spinning. And again, I think we think, well, let's just go a little harder, a little faster, let's be a little bit more efficient, maybe we can get all this done, and eventually I'll be able to catch my breath, and then the next thing comes along and it's not a balanced life. And so I wanna give you three reasons why I wanna encourage you to take a Sabbath day. Now, you'll see in a little bit that when I talk about a Sabbath day, it could be any day of the week. You'll see when we get to the application. I think it can be any day of the week. But the idea of taking a Sabbath day, there are some compelling reasons why I wanna encourage us to do it. The first one is this, to follow the example of our Creator. Follow the example of God. The first place in the Bible where we read this idea of a Sabbath day is found in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and it's found right after the first chapter. Genesis chapter two, immediately you read about the Sabbath day, which is really kind of interesting. So early on in the book, I mentioned that, of course, to make the point that this idea of a Sabbath day, honoring a Sabbath day or whatever predated the law. Before there was Moses, before there was a law, before any of that, there was a a Sabbath day that God instituted. And we read about it in Genesis 2, beginning in verse 3, where we read, By the seventh day God completed His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done, God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from his work of creation. I wanna make a few observations about these verses. First one is just that this idea he rested is repeated a couple times and it's found elsewhere throughout the pages of the Bible. He rested, he rested, it's intended I think to get our attention. Second, I need to mention that when it says God rested, uh, it's a little bit different than what you might be thinking of. Because the Hebrew word for rest or the Hebrew word for Sabbath day is a word that doesn't mean to sleep. God doesn't need to sleep. God doesn't need to catch his breath. God does not get exhausted. He does not get tired. I'm grateful that's the case because can you imagine if God could sleep? It's like there's some tragedy around the world and he's sleeping over here, like wake up God. It's like things are falling apart. I mean, we just cannot, we cannot have a God who sleeps. But the word rest, the word Sabbath means to cease, to stop, to desist. And so when it says God rested on the Sabbath day, it means he stopped the work he was doing. For six days, he did work and on the seventh day, he stopped which gives us a hint of what a Sabbath should be for us. In its simplest sense, a Sabbath is when you just stop working. If something for you is work, don't do it on that day. Now, my wife and I began setting aside a Sabbath day some time ago, maybe about three years ago, and it has really changed our lives. And I'm glad we're both doing it because I can, I can say I'm taking a nap I'm not fixing the faucet because that's work and this is my Sabbath day. (laughs) And I'm, I'm serious about it. The faucet can be fixed on the next day or the day before, but on this day, I don't do it. And she doesn't do it as well. Now, part of the reason this is so important is recorded in Exodus chapter 31 and verse 17 where once again we read, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Now that's, I think, what it's about. You see, at the end of seven days, six days of creation on that seventh day, it says God looked at everything he had made and he said it was very good. You get this sense that God is just stopping to pause at all he's made, which we don't, again, I don't think we take the time to do it. Kind of like when you cut your grass and it has all those beautiful lines. And you've edged everything and now you're sitting on the porch and you just go, that's really nice. And for just a moment's time, it just brings a little bit of a joy and a refreshment to your heart because there's more to life than work. And it says here, God, by the way, set it apart he called it holy he set apart this day there's seven days but one of the days one of the days he marked it is this one's to be set apart a special day a day for special honor i want to set that one aside for some good to happen of course the law wouldn't come for centuries later but you realize that god had this in his mind now i'm suggesting that god did it not because he needed to rest but because we do And he built it within the very DNA of all creation to have these cycles where you work and rest, night and day, those types of things. And I think God knew, of course, that we would go at it 24 seven. We would never stop unless unless he said to, because it's kind of our human nature. But we wanna follow the example of our creator. There's a second reason though why, and I've already alluded to why I think it's important to have a Sabbath day, and it's this that there is more to life than work. I think we need to be reminded of that. That that work, you work, 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 but the point of work is not to work more. You know, it's like work, 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 and then enjoy. I mean, there's supposed to be some enjoyment in this life. God has given us good things in this life to enjoy, but we just do not take the time to do it. And so we go and we go. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, we see this reason kind of spelled out. Deuteronomy 5, beginning verse 12, we read, but be careful to remember the Sabbath day. Now, of course, this is Moses and he's instituting the law given to Moses for the people by God on Mount Sinai. Be careful to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your ox or donkey, any of your livestock, or the foreigner who lives within your gates, so that your male and female slaves may rest as you do. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So the first reason, of course, he mentions is God did it. God set an example for us. He rested on the seventh day for our example, but then he gives a second reason here. I mean, the section ended with these words, that's why you do it. What was the reason he gave? Well, the reason he gave is that I, I delivered you out of slavery from Egypt. So on our Sabbath day, you say, what's the connection? I think what he's saying is this, don't go from one form of slavery to another. That's what he's saying. I delivered you so you could be free. When they were enslaved by the Egyptians, seven days a week, no days off. Their life was not their own. Their time was not their own. They did whatever they were told to do every day of the week, seven days a week, and then God comes in and rescues them, and what do they do? They're finally rescued, so they work seven days a week, night and day. He says, no, I delivered you from slavery. Do not give yourself back to it again. Set aside a day, honor a day. The way I'm putting this particular point is remember there's more to life than work. That's kind of the point he's making that there's this thing over here but that's not what life's about. We work so that we can enjoy. We work so that we can live. We can enjoy our God. We can enjoy relationships. We're not supposed to be toiling constantly with that wheel, the hamster wheel that spins and spins and spins. Pete Scazzaro in his book related to emotionally healthy discipleship, says that the way we usually do our lives is this. We go work, 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 vacation. That's how most of us do it. Only a few more works before you get to the vacation. Work, 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 vacation, work, 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 vacation. A more balanced approach is this. Work, work. Sabbath, work, Sabbath, work, Sabbath. And you can see how that could produce a greater balance in our lives to realize that, yeah, there's this work, but there's this point where we pull away and we enjoy what God has given to us. And we set aside these other things and we reconnect with our God and we, we reconnect with what maybe God's even doing inside of us because we're too busy to hear it because of our schedules. And so we wanna follow the example of our creator and we also wanna remember there's more to life than work, but let me give you a third reason why I think we should observe this day and that is it's to exercise trust in a God who provides. This is an opportunity for us to exercise faith because one of the themes that keeps coming up in this discussion about Sabbath days or Sabbath weeks or Sabbath years is this idea that if you take a Sabbath, I'll take care of you the rest of the time. Don't worry about it. You see, the reason we're afraid to take a Sabbath day or longer is because we're afraid what'll happen if we don't finish what we're doing. It takes faith to believe that if we pull away, that the endless work will wait for us and it'll be there when we get back. I don't know, I think we think the world won't keep going unless we're in there all the time. Work will never end. If you wanted, you could work 24-7 until you died every day of the week. There's just always more to do. I've never run out of things to do. I don't know what boredom looks like. I've got stuff to do, always. But if we would stop, one example of this where you see what God had in mind is found in Leviticus chapter 25, 18 to 22, where we read that God didn't just tell them that they're supposed to rest and, and the foreigner among them is to rest and everybody's supposed to rest and even the animals are supposed to rest, but in Leviticus, he said, even the land is supposed to rest. Every seven years, you're not to, to plow. Every seven years, you're not to plant. Leave it alone for a whole year. Now, you think about that for a minute. Verse 18 of Leviticus 25, you are to keep my statutes and ordinances and carefully observe them so that you may live securely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit so that you can eat, be satisfied, and live securely in the land. If you wonder, what will we eat in the seventh year if we don't sow or gather our produce? Well, I will appoint my blessing for you in the sixth year so that it will produce a crop sufficient for three years. When you sow in the eighth year, you'll be eating from the previous harvest. You'll be eating this until the ninth year when the harvest comes in. You see, he's addressing this idea of the land resting to an agrarian society where they're they're counting on it and they need it. And so this is a logical question. How on earth could I possibly take a whole year off from sowing the land? How can I possibly allow the land to rest? And God's response was, when the sixth year, I'm gonna give you so much that you'll still be eating it at the beginning of the ninth year. If you'll trust me, it's a matter of faith. It's a matter of trusting. Do you believe that God holds the world together, that God is gonna make it work out? If you stop and pull away, can you trust God to hold it all together while you enjoy a Sabbath day or longer? And it takes faith to believe that. By the way, there's a similar principle related to giving and tithing as well. It's the same idea. Do you believe if you give to God's causes or God's purposes or to help those who are in need or to advance the gospel? Do you believe if you you give of your resources that God's able to cause a, a greater increase? And I think the answer is yes. It's the same principle. And part of the reason I think this works is that we get a better return for our labor when we go back to work, when you're well rested. I have found when I'm taking a Sabbath day that about the middle of the Sabbath day, I, it's like I, I let out a, uh, just a, a, you know, I just, just I'm, I finally am resting just a little bit. It takes a long time. I start the night before. I'll explain why in a minute. And about the middle of the Sabbath day, it's like... I'm just resting, I'm enjoying, but it it does something to you. I think it it increases your effectiveness. I think the example that we're talking about here is what Stephen Covey talked about in his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of his habits that he suggests is this habit called sharpen the saw. He tells the story of a, a young man who was hired to cut down trees, and he was a hard worker and very, very strong, but after three days, his boss was gonna fire him. Boss called him in and said, you know, you work so hard and everything, but you're just not cutting as many trees down as everybody else. And I don't know what the issue is. And then the, the boss thought for a moment. He said, can I see your, your, your saw and the ax? And he looked at him and, wow, they're, they're dull. You're using that to cut down trees? It's so dull. Why didn't you stop and sharpen it? His response was, I have too many trees to cut down. I've had way too many trees to cut down. I can't stop and sharpen the saw. Well, that was the thing that was holding them back. But there's something that happens when we pull away to sharpen the saw. When we pull away to get renewed, somehow I think we end up being more productive. And God wanted the Israelites to get this. In fact, He even when they were in the wilderness and they were wandering for 40 years, he actually made it as part of their schedule to let them visibly see what he was talking about. In this way, he provided food from heaven, manna, which literally means, what is it? And, and God provided this manna from heaven for them, but God said specifically you can collect manna for six days, but don't go out on the seventh day. Just six days. I don't want you, don't want you going out and working on the seventh day. I'll provide for you on the sixth day twice what you need. Well, they didn't listen. When God instituted this, they did not listen, so they went out the next day and there was no manna. It's like, where is it, where is it? You didn't listen. God was saying, take us a day apart. Every week they they saw this dynamic at work. Six days, manna, one day no manna, stay home. Don't go out and gather, don't go out and sow, enjoy it. But they had trouble doing it as well. But in Exodus 16, 29, God gave them this promise, understand that the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore on the sixth day he'll give you what you need, two days worth of bread. Each of you stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. Now, in its simplest sense, I think a Sabbath day is just having again an occasion where there's no have-tos. I know it raises some issues and some questions, and so I wanna get really practical here today about how you could make this happen. First of all, the question of whether or not it has to be again uh, on a Sunday or something. The answer is no. Of course, if you wanted to be real strict about the Sabbath day, it was Saturday, not Sunday. The Sabbath was the seventh day, Saturday. But again, we're not under the Old Testament law. What I'm encouraging you to do is pick a day that works. Second, as I already referred to, um, a lot of people, even to this day, Jewish people will take the night before and the next day. The Sabbath starts often at six o'clock the night before and goes for 24 hours until six o'clock the next night. What seems to happen when you do that is that it feels like two days. There's just something about it when it's six o'clock before my Sabbath, it's like, oh, there it is, I'm done and I'm enjoying myself, kind of getting ready for the Sabbath day, which is what many do in Jewish households to this day. That night before they have a nice meal, everything's prepared, they light some candles at six, the Sabbath has begun and they're all excited. And then the next day is this day of rest, but it kind of starts the night before, they're preparing for the Sabbath and it ends up feeling like a couple different days. What are you allowed to do? Anything you enjoy doing. Now, I don't think it's something to be legalistic about. All of us will have weeks where you can't do it. And we have realities in our world. For example, if you have young kids, you think, well, it's my Sabbath. I'm sorry, but you got to fix your own meal, kid. I know you're two. You should have the cereal thing figured out by now. No, I, I think you can, uh, you can work with your spouse on this or others so that you alternate or whatever, get, a, get the Sabbath day. There are some realities in, of what we live in, but you can do things in a way that you're ahead of the game. Maybe So you don't have to cook that day or whatever it is that you would do. But don't be legalistic about it, but I would encourage you to do it for the reasons I mentioned. God, God gave this as an example to follow, and I think it's just a life-giving practice it demonstrates our faith. But I earlier referred to Pete scazzero he mentions four things, and I wanna close with the four things that you wanna include in your Sabbath. One of them is just to stop, just stop. That's, as I mentioned, the word Sabbath means to pause or stop. Desist, stop the work, just stop. That's hard in our culture. That is just plain hard to do in our culture, but I encourage you to stop. Second, rest. I understand that that same Hebrew word that means to stop, Sabbath day, comes from a root word that means to exhale. And so you really do get the sense of it. I inhale, I exhale. It's rest. I sometimes, this is a confession, but I sometimes take two naps on my Sabbath. I know it, I said it. (laughs) And I don't feel a bit guilty. I'll get up like a little bit earlier than I wanted to. It's like seven in the morning and about 9.30, it's like, I'm tired. <laughs> and I crawl back in under the covers. And then about two that afternoon, of course, I don't want to sleep like a half hour, but then like two that afternoon, it's like, I'm tired again, I lay back down. I like to read on my Sabbath. It's things that you enjoy doing, which is the third thing, delight. God looked at his creation and said, it's, it's very good, it's good. This is a question to ask yourself, what do I delight in? What are the things that bring me joy? Is it going for a walk in the woods? Is it reading? Is it going to see a movie? Is it going out to eat? Is it being with people? What is it that brings delight to your soul? Those are the things you want to be doing. Things that are putting in and not taking out because the rest of the week you're taking out. This is the day to be putting in. Stop, rest, delight. And then the last one is contemplate. The Sabbath was about the visible, Thinking about the invisible, the spiritual, God. Stopping and reflecting on what really matters because again, I think we go and go and we're we're not quiet enough and we're not still enough and we don't cease our work enough to hear. It's on days like this that you just in the silence, in the stillness, you try to hear the voice of God or what God's been trying to say to you and what others maybe are even trying to say to you but you've been too busy to pick up. Because of work. I encourage you to to set aside a day. A day of rest, reflection, reverence, whatever it is that builds up your heart and soul and make it a practice in your life. And then it's a little bit hard because the rest of the world doesn't operate on your Sabbath. And so you have to help them operate sometimes on your Sabbath. Again, in our household, we've got the terminology, this is my Sabbath day. And both of us know exactly what that means, whatever you wanna do, whatever you wanna do. And it's just refreshing. Let's pray. Father, I just think how the Sabbath was given as a gift. And in our culture today, we just don't regard it as that. And we see ourselves as being too busy. And yet, Lord, we need you so much and we desperately need quiet and stillness and we need to get away from the storms of life. And it's not about going and going and going. And so I pray you give us the grace, O oh Lord, to figure out how to bring this into our weekly schedule so that we might have lives that are a little bit more balanced, a little bit more joy-filled, more able to take on what's coming our way because we have found a, really a foundation in you through this practice. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.